Welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you with us. We've got a lot to get to, but it's the second straight show that we're doing extensive Packers coverage as OTAs have wrapped up, minicamp has wrapped up, and now the Packers are officially on their summer vacation. There's a saying that the NFL is a a 12-month-a-year proposition. That's not necessarily true. If you want to be truly accurate, the league takes about a week or two off after the Super Bowl before the NFL Combine, but really where everything kind of just goes silent is now until the start of training camp for the Packers. Training camp will start on July 25th. Matt LaFleur, I guess, sort of let that slip yesterday, although it hadn't officially been announced. As LaFleur said, it's uh, on the PR staff. It's on Jason Wallers, who runs the PR department, to put that out. Because the schedule's done. That's according to the coach, uh, not me. But nevertheless, you knew that it was going to be around that time, so... It's not uh, exactly a secret, but we did have a chance to, while the mini camps were going on, I had a chance to catch up with the voices that you regularly hear and see in the case of Lance Allen, who's coming up in just a couple of minutes, but also a couple of the players in the locker room as well. I want to lead things off, though, with the voice of the Packers, the Hall of Famer, Wayne Larrabee, and I wanted to get his thoughts on what he's seen through the entire off-season program in Green Bay. Wayne, I I know... They haven't put on the pads yet. I know that training camp is still six weeks away, but what have you seen so far through the OTAs and now through the mini camp? Well, it's interesting, Doug. I, I watch individual players, and one of the reasons I come to these camps is to kind of get a feel for people, you know, who's wearing what number, what their names are, all that stuff, the basic uh, rudimentary stuff, and then you start watching them move. I, I think that in these, uh, I guess, these, uh, I hate to say it, skivvies practices mm-hmm. where, you know. Oh, you, wearing, can, you can call it that. They're, t- they're wearing T-shirts, their jerseys and shorts. Yeah, and no they, they have the helmets helmet. on. They probably don't need them. And that's about it. Um, and so I think you can see how guys catch the ball. Do they catch it naturally? Is it something they have to fight? They can see how they run. You can see how people cover. But you really can't tell much about, you know, uh, linebacker, lineman, any of the offensive linemen, any of the defensive linemen, it's hard to tell anything as to what they're doing and how they're they're going about. Running backs, you can tell how they're running. Uh, are they hitting the hole in the right spot? That kind of thing. Quarterbacks, are they throwing it well? Um, that type of deal. But the rest of it, it's not really football, so it's really hard to draw conclusions from these camps. Of course, this is the offseason of the big quarterback change, the first mm-hmm. one in 15 years. Since you've been here in Green Bay, there's been a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. For a lot of the people who listen to your broadcasts, if you're under the age of, say, I don't know, 35 or 36, you've never had your team be quarterbacked full-time, QB1, by a non-Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback. How much of an adjustment do you think that's going to be? You know, I I was on the verge, but I I hate to ask questions. And coaches, you know, I can generally ask a question of a coach and know exactly how he's going to answer it. And so I was going to ask Matt LaFleur today, you know, um, do you feel like there's a different atmosphere here? Because from those of us on the outside looking in, standing on the sidelines, it sure looks different. It mm-hmm. feels different, you know. And I'm sure he'd say, no, no, it's the same thing. We're still, you know, because yeah. this is not on the it's outside. It's our offense, he said today. Uh, yeah, and it's on the outside. But you're going to see a lot more of Matt LaFleur's offense this year. <laughs> Guaranteed. Even though he downplayed that. Oh, of course. Of course. Well, you, you, of course you would expect him to downplay it. But he is right in the fact that 
a good offensive coach, a good coach, offense or defense, special teams, tailors what they do to the players they have. There's no question about that, and that's exactly what Matt was saying. But I I think that um, I was going to ask him, is there a different feel? Because it looks like it. And I'm sure he would have said, no, it's the same. You know, because for the last how many years has it been Super Bowl or bust, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We've kicked the can down the the, The the road. road, The credit card is due. We're going for the Super Bowl. And this year, um, on the outside, you're not getting that kind of talk, right? No. Packers are not considered by the outside uh, world as being a Super Bowl contender by any stretch of the imagination. So it's a different feel. And But I sense watching these guys play and compete out there at these uh, OTAs and minicamp that there is a different energy about this football team. It's different. And, and I'm sure it's different every year. Matt would have said, oh, it's different every year. Of course it mm-hmm. is. You a different group of players every year. Everybody's different year to year. But – um, to me, I do see a difference um, in the way they're going about the business. There's there's a little more of that youthful enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. There's, um, you know, maybe it's just us from the outside looking and saying, gosh, we really don't know where this thing is going. I mean, when you had Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers in their prime at quarterback, this is going to the Super Bowl, and you're kind of, you know, surprised if it doesn't. But this team, a lot of possibilities. And, you know, the anticipation, I think, makes for a, you know, this is a refreshing kind of look at this football team. Not that Jordan Love has never run the ones before, because we all know that Aaron didn't necessarily care for the OTAs in years past. Uh, He would only come to the mini camps when they were the mandatory mini camps. But do you get a sense just from watching him through the offseason program? Granted, it's out on the practice field. Granted, it's the skivvies practice. But do you get a sense that he's carrying himself a little bit differently as QB1? I think so. I really do. But I think that part of that, Doug, is what you just mentioned. Over the years, he's had ample opportunity to practice, to drill with the number ones. Okay, so I I think in that regard, it's not only helped his growth, but it's helping this transition to a new quarterback. Um, Now, again, he's different than Aaron Rodgers. He's trying to incorporate a lot of what Aaron Rodgers taught him, a lot of the things Aaron Rodgers did, but he's going to be different because he's Jordan Love. And it's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. But I do agree with you in that I think – by him having these opportunities to work with the number ones in OTAs and minicaps. And several times over the last couple of years where Rodgers has been injured during the week, not practicing on a Wednesday or so, sure. Jordan's been in there. So I think that helps a lot. You look at the young wide receivers, and, and Brian Kudekunst talked about this after the draft, how you've got Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, and he threw in Samari Torre who had a great camp last year as well, made the team as a number seven uh, or seventh-round draft choice. Then you've got, you know, the two tight ends and, and Jaden Reed coming in, rookie wide, uh, rookie wide receiver and two rookie tight ends, how they're all kind of growing together. How important do you think that is going to be for the future maturity of Jordan Love as a quarterback in this offense as a whole? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting because to the outsider, to the guy, the national guys, it's like the Packers are rebuilding. Um I wouldn't say they're rebuilding. I would say they're remodeling a kitchen and maybe a bathroom or two, but they're not rebuilding. They're knocking down the whole house and rebuilding everything. They still have Aaron Jones. A lot of experience here. You're right. Aaron Jones, Rashawn Gary when he gets back, David Bakhtiari is still here probably for one more year, and then contractually that might – uh, you know, have to change. Jair Alexander still here, a hundred percent. I mean, you go, you go on down. Kenny Clark still here. Yep. This is not a rebuilding team. Now, are they rebuilding at the skill positions offensively? Sure, but 
Um, what I see is tremendous growth. Romeo Dobbs looks like a man, okay? Mm-hmm. Christian Watson, um, you know, we've seen flashes of him to a lesser degree in these camps, but that doesn't mean he's not going to take a major step up. He's still going to be a great player for them, I think. Um, Jaden Reed, Larry McCarron keeps telling me, he the reason he sticks out, he gives them something they haven't had, okay? Maybe haven't had since the mm-hmm. – early days of Randall Cobb, and that is that quickness, that speed, that threat in the slot. Mm-hmm. He's a legit threat in the slot. I'd be surprised if he doesn't uh, have a really good year. The tight ends. Now, your typical NFL tight end. I'm talking about guys who will go to the Hall of Fame, Doug. Mm-hmm. First year, not very impressive, usually with any of them. These tight ends are going to be expected to do more than that. Um, and Musgrave certainly looks capable, and uh, you know so does Tucker Craft. Both look like they could be uh, major players, and they will get opportunities more so than the typical rookie tight end uh, in an offense. I, I expect them to really have good years as well. So if that all happens, this offense could evolve. Uh, the offensive line is solid. Okay, mm-hmm. it's solid. Pro Football Focus uh, rated them number 11 overall. They were probably a little better than that when they were healthy. Uh, their ten, top ten line. So there's a lot going for this team. It, you know, you look out there on the field. I said this to somebody yesterday. I said, "Wow, this is not. They didn't. This is not a rebuilding team. They got a lot of talent out there." That having been said, kind of in that vein, the over under in Vegas for whatever that's worth. Mm-hmm. I know it's just a betting line, but the over under in Vegas is seven and a half wins. Right. Most. How, how do you see? the season playing out if everybody stays healthy yeah if everybody's well and that's a big variable of course it's a big, big variable, it was variable last year exactly it's a huge variable and it's not just how many injuries doug it's where you get the injuries yeah. like the packers can ill afford an injury on the defensive line okay i understand it's only a three-man line ill afford an injury there a lot of inexperience backing up the three guys that will start um you know so it depends on where you get injured but um i i look at this football team and i don't see why they can't win uh, anywhere from eight to ten to eleven games. I, I really do. I, I don't think there's any question. That could about win the that. division in this division too. Sure, because you, know, you when look you, at Minnesota. Everybody's and... got Detroit on this this giant arc straight up, and that remains to be seen. Too much you know? too soon, maybe. And, and here's another thing, Doug. I went back in this. You know how it, all of us have been, were disappointed with the defense last year sure. overall. But if you look at the defense down the stretch, of the last five games, they were pretty good. Mm-hmm. They were top ten down the stretch. Why? Because they took the ball away suddenly. They started getting turnovers. But I did this. I did a rundown of the major defensive categories in the NFC North. Now, albeit defense was not what you wrote home about when you talked about the NFC North. However, by far, Doug, the best defense in the division was Green Bay. By far. Hmm. And I understand. Chicago added a couple of inside linebackers. Sure. Um, Detroit added some people. Okay. Minnesota is kind of, I don't know where they are. But the fact is, Chicago's got a long way to go to get (laughs) good at all, (laughs) period. Okay. So they're making all kinds of noise. That's fine. They're going to be better, especially if the quarterback plays like they hope he can. But... Um, you know, Detroit was terrible defensively last year. The only team they played well against defensively were the Packers. And otherwise, they couldn't stop anybody. So, uh, yeah, hey, as much as we're down on the Packers' defense, it was the best in this division. And I think this year maybe is when this defense finally gels. I mean, they've invested heavily in it, as we've all talked about, and I think this is an opportunity where they can gel. They've got some pass rushers. They've got an opportunity. to. They've got some good pass coverage people out there. And, um, yeah, they got a question mark on one of the safety spots. But, I, I, you know, Adrian Amos was a nice player here. 
But the drop-off from Adrian Amos to a uh, Rudy Ford isn't going to be catastrophic, mm-hmm. okay? And if Darnell Savage, and he looks a lot better to me, he looks. I think if they get Darnell Savage in the box, active, where he can use his athleticism and speed to go find the ball and hit it, um, I think they're going to be pretty good. I think they're going to be really good defensively. Final thing for you is we're joined by Wayne Larrabee, Hall of Fame voice of the Packers. How would you define success for the 2023 yeah. Packers? Uh, you know, I, I think I heard you or somebody on the air talk about it the other day. Um, you know, eight to 10, 11 wins, certainly. But the more important thing is what does a quarterback look like? What does the offense look like? Because if you go back to last year with Aaron Rodgers, this offense was middle of the road. In matter of fact, I think they were 17th in yardage, 17th in points, something terrible in the red zone. Um, if, if this offense is improved, and Jordan Love shows you that he can be the guy, um, I don't know if victories, wins, makes that much of a difference. I think if Jordan Love can show you that he's the guy going forward, that's the major question mark that has to be answered. I think the offense is going to be fine, and I think um, the Packers themselves will be in contention for a playoff spot. Whether they get it or not, I don't know. But if the quarterback shows you he can be, play and be a part of the future, that to me is success this year. The Hall of Fame voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larravee, joining me here on the Doug Russell Podcast. Also had a chance to catch up in Green Bay with Lance Allen, who's been on the Packers beat for over a quarter century, most of that with TMJ4. And I wanted to get Lance's thoughts on what he's seen so far during the offseason program. We were just talking with Wayne Larravee. We heard from Matt LaFleur earlier in the show as well. I mean, this is a huge offseason for the Packers. This is uh, an offseason that we haven't seen in a long time. And I don't even know that I would necessarily, and you you covered 2008, I covered 2008, and I've been asked this a lot, so I'd like to get your thoughts on it as well. I don't necessarily see a lot of parallels other than the obvious. Yes, you're moving from one Hall of Fame quarterback to somebody who's been sitting for three years, a first-round draft choice. I mean, those parallels certainly are the same. But just the attitude around the team, the city, the fan base, to me it feels a lot different than when Aaron took over for Brett. I would say also, Doug, that dare I say that I think the team around Jordan Love might be a little deeper and a little better. Now, maybe you don't agree with that, but I'll present my case that you have two pretty good running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon that can take the pressure off a young quarterback. Um, the tight ends, okay, the, the Matt LaFleur offense is more of a tight end-based offense. The younger guys, meaning Musgrave and Kraft, have to get up to speed quicker, sooner rather than later in order for it to be a success. But you see a few things there that maybe that could happen. It seems like Dobbs and Watson have taken that next step. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a pretty decent offensive line in front of Jordan Love, and you have... At some point, when all the injured guys get back, meaning Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, whatever, eight former first-round picks that you could line up on defense. Now it's up to the defense to hold up their end of the donkey. And and so to speak, in these close games, they got to come through. But I do think that there are some elements there. I agree with you, Doug, in the sense that there are some elements there that I think are a little bit better than 2008. The other thing is, as you well know, you don't win championships on June 14th or mm. in minicamp or in OTAs or whatever, but I did find it interesting. Now, I'm not going to go crazy with this statement, but I did find it interesting that today, Matt LaFleur, and you heard it as well, you were at the press conference, said that we are further ahead 
than really we've ever been in the conditioning standpoint. So apparently, guys in the offseason, they said, hey, if, if we want to, whatever term you want to use, rebuild, reload, whatever, we can do it quicker if we are well-conditioned and if we're at the peak of our power, so to speak, going into the season. So it is more of a retooling, I guess. And the other part of it is I don't think when there are fans out at Ray Nischke Field, I don't think that Jordan Love is going to get booed mm-hmm. like Aaron Rodgers got booed right. in 2008. So right. maybe that's a difference, too. Yeah, people with signs and banner, uh, airplanes flying around. That was ridiculous. <laughs> it was a circus. That was the absurdity of the absurd. But, I mean, and even Brett had to acknowledge that. I mean, you have a, a relationship and have had for a long time a relationship yeah. with Brett. You emceed his event here at Lambeau Field Correct. when he came back and there were 60,000 fans. Fame, yeah. yeah so even he had to see the absurdity of it, right? Absolutely. No, and it was some of it, you know, I, you know, some of it he didn't have anything to do with or whatever, but it was what it was. It is what it is, as the kids say. So, yeah, that at least Jordan Love is not stepping into that situation. And it seems like... You know, obviously, the little bit of glimpses that we get, Doug, we don't get full glimpses, but partial glimpses, is Jordan Love has certainly taken a step in the leadership department, mm-hmm. carries himself a certain way, a little more maybe of a swagger, a little more of a confidence, and I think he's admitted that as well. So I, I think it is a different situation in that aspect as well. As far as what you've seen physically from Jordan Love, and granted, this is the disclaimer, every time I talk about Jordan Love, every time I'm asked about Jordan Love, you don't have linebackers diving at his knees. You don't have cornerbacks from somebody else's team that are trying seven to... seven-on-seven seven drills. It's helmets and yes. shorts. Yeah. There's no 11-on-11. 11 11. You're playing seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, there's no hitting on the offensive line. All of that said, mm-hmm. that disclaimer out once again. Physically, what have you seen from Jordan Love as far as like making the throws and just the mm-hmm. confidence that he exudes? The little bit, so please don't take this and run with this. I know you won't, Doug, but some people will. Is I posted a video yesterday, the video that everyone wants to see. Here's Jordan Love, and immediately the reaction becomes, well, what, there's no defenders. Oh, wait a minute, it's him throwing yeah. to a receiver. Yeah, because it's the portion of practice where we can actually I film know. it. I it's know. not even seven on seven. When are, yeah, somebody put that in. I think it was Domovsky who... Uh, somebody asked him, well, when are we going to see him going up against defenders? You're not. You're, you're not. We're not allowed to We're not allowed to tape that. If you want to go to Rainishki Field in six right. weeks and do that, and watch it. knock yourself out. God bless you, whatever. So the little glimpses that we get, Doug, I will say this. I think he's more confident in his throws. He steps into his throws even a little bit better. Uh, he, he's more confident in his decisions. It, it, he definitely has a good zip to the ball. That's what the Packers saw first and foremost, but it seems like now he's even a little more accurate than what he was and, and makes a good, solid decision, mm-hmm. goes right down the field. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to make mistakes and certain things are going to happen, whatever, but as of right now, he definitely looks like a more confident quarterback. Without it, I think it was actually Mike Schneidman who, who tweeted that uh, out yesterday mm-hmm. to somebody who wanted to see Jair Alexander pick off Jordan Love or, <laughs> or, or something Or him throw like, it over the top yeah. of Jair to Dobbs and him yeah. do the gritty right in front of him or whatever. We saw that on. yesterday. Yes, we, saw, we did. That's why, I, that's why I mentioned Yeah. Yeah. So Romeo Dobbs, I mean, a year ago, he was wowing us all in training camp mm-hmm. as well. Regressed a little bit during the season, but he's a rookie. You kind of saw the opposite from Christian Watson, who had some injury issues earlier in the season. I think everybody still, and, and I don't know when this is going to go away, but maybe remembers the drop against the Vikings, the first play of his NFL career. Uh, had another uh, concussion that kept him out for a few weeks. Then against the Cowboys, boy, did he come into his own. Yeah, and hamstring issues, but yes. And hamstring, but, yeah. but at the end of the year, 
he you could clearly tell why the Packers were high on him. Without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's a hard question to ask to see who you think has the higher ceiling, but as those two guys kind of grow together as bookend mm-hmm. wide receivers, I mean, is the sky the limit for, for both of these guys as they get into their second years, and, and what will it take for them to make that next step? I think, let's start with the first that you brought up. I think Dobbs learned a lot like rookies come in sometimes house of fire whatever and whether you hit the proverbial rookie wall or things just you know uh, you start thinking about too much stuff or you start worrying about too much stuff or confidence or whatever yeah clearly something happened I think we are seeing a new and improved Romeo Dobbs that being said I'll say it Doug I think no offense to Romeo Dobbs I think the ceiling for Christian Watson is even higher because it is high praise to compare someone to a guy whose name is on the facade just a few feet away from us. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard Christian Watson compared to James Lofton? Yeah, Pretty high size. praise for yeah, a guy who's praise. Hall of Famer, all that good fun stuff on the but he's long and lean, long strider, you know, sprint type speed like a James Lofton. When, when dare I say, and you and I are of a certain age, if if you just kind of half closed your eyes and watched him run down the field like that late 70s, early 80s James Lofton looks a little bit, runs a little bit, whatever, like him. Um, that's pretty high praise, but you can see why. I mean, when he caught that crossing route against the Eagles and then cut a basic a basic slant, cross a field, whatever, takes it up the left sideline, you can see because he just blew the doors past everybody. I would argue that Watson probably has, an, even though we've seen glimpses, even a higher upside. That said, Romeo Dobbs has clearly taken a step and wants to claim that number two receiver position. And there's no shame in saying that. Mm-hmm. Like he, he probably thinks of himself as a number one, Doug, and that's fine. That's the way you should have mm-hmm. be a me- mentality wise as a receiver. But I definitely think that they have the steps They're They're young in their growth process, but I do think you have elements of a guy who can be in one and a guy who can be a two. Before practice yesterday, Matt LaFleur was talking about in the pre- I guess practice news conference about the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Got two tight ends, a second rounder and a third rounder. So that's a lot of investment in Musgrave and in Kraft. I mean, are they going to run a lot of two two tight end sets? What the, the offense that that Matt LaFleur runs? If you were in the playing time, yeah. I mean, if you were in the playing time. And the other thing, Doug, is okay. You do have holdovers. You have, and I mentioned I did a tight end piece yesterday on air for us at, at TMJ Four. You have the holdovers in Deguara as well as Tyler Davis for the time being. We don't know how many mm-hmm. tight ends. I would assume they'll keep it. You know, at least three. Um, for sure, and then possibly four because you want some continuity. But you're right; the opportunity is wide open. Okay, you know, so Deguara is is probably your odds-on vet who's got the most experience and stuff like that. But you want those younger guys. I mean, the, you want them getting a ton of snaps. Lafleur mentioned yesterday when I asked him the question at the press conference. You heard it; like they're asking the tight ends to do some things that, quite frankly, they either haven't done mm-hmm. or have done very little of in college. Meaning. You know, the way Kraft explained it to me yesterday, and this is kind of a little bit inside football, but this is that time of the year where people like this stuff, is they run right at the tight end. Mercedes Lewis, big dude that they used to have. They loved running right on his backside, right behind him, whatever. And Musgrave is a big dude. Kraft is a, you know, stocky, more fireplug type dude. If they can get their blocking done, and they were working on it yesterday, you and mm-hmm. I saw it out there on the field, if they can get the blocking aspect sooner rather than later and the pass protection aspect, as Kraft was talking about yesterday, that's how they get on the field quicker. Lance Allen from TMJ4 joining us here on Packers All Access on the other side of the, the ball, on the defensive side of the ball. How much 
does this team and how much did they at the end of last season? I thought that's the second time I've whacked the microphone and talking with my hands. <laughs> first day on radio? Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. It's the first time I've ever been oh, in the studio. Oh, Hello, hello. <laughs> um, so, uh, Rashawn Gary last year, how much did they miss him? And how important is it going to be for him to get back on the field for what this personnel looks like going into 2023? I know this is radio, so I can't just say a lot and very much, can I? I got to yeah, expound right. upon this one. But clearly, this is they... the first time you've ever done a show. Too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to kind of use right. your words and yeah. speak a little bit. Yeah. I mean, clearly, another guy that if I can, you know, I'm not going to point fingers and name names at certain specific people but how many people did you hear when they picked Rashawn Gary oh bust oh that sure. guy was the number one you know overall uh you know uh draft or not draft pick uh you know signing or whatever in college football and mm. never lived up to that hype blah 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 whatever and clearly he was becoming a force not just pass rush and not just sacking the quarterback and wreaking havoc there but setting the edge and run defense and dare I say Doug you saw it as the year went on is I think they were a little bit thin at that position. So he was becoming a very complete outside linebacker, edge rusher, whatever you want to call him. So they missed him a terribly lot. And the quicker, now, you don't want to rush it. I'm going to assume, and this is just me talking, yes, you want you want the goal to be, he's rehabbing out there, you want the goal to be, hey, maybe he does some stuff in training camp and maybe he gets out on the field a few games into the season. But what was it, week five, I believe, mm-hmm. against Detroit? I don't expect him to start the seat. Now, if hey, if he's ready, whatever, and the Packers staff gives him the green light, God bless him. But usually they err more on the side of conservatism or caution. So I would assume he'll miss at least a portion of the first part of the season. But boy, he would be a welcome addition on that defense. I've asked this question of every guest that I've had so far this week here on Packers All Access, so I'll finish up with you as our last interview on the show. How do you define Packers' success in 2023? I think, um, you know, if you want to just measure it by wins, Doug, I think they potentially could be a 9-8, and eight, maybe if all things go well, 10-7 and seven team. If you want to just tangibly throw the record out there and say this is what they could be best case scenario the field goal kicker comes through you know Carlson that's that's a big thing that we haven't talked about a lot you a kicker can make you look really good by winning Mm -hmm. a couple games that are super super close that you could go either way or that you didn't think you're going to win and you pull them out at the end can make a season look totally different um, in that aspect Um, but I do think Jordan Love you know getting more Aaron Rodgers went six and ten in that 2008 season. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not expecting some close world, losses in there. Some close losses in there. So I'm not expecting the world, but I will say that you know, as long as things are progressing forward and they're getting better at the end of the year, uh, I think that's success for this season. From TMJ4 Television, Lance Allen joining me here on the Doug Russell Podcast. All right, that's outside of the locker room. I want to go inside the locker room now. Had a chance about a week or so ago, still during the OTAs, the last round of the OTAs, to catch up with uh, now veteran, I suppose, running back A.J. Dillon entering his fourth season in the National Football League. All right, in the locker room with new dad, A.J. Dillon. First of all, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. How's being a dad? It's awesome. Everything uh, I've always dreamed of and more. It's a very purposeful job. Absolutely. All right, you're number three here in Green Bay. You've been in this locker room with Jordan Love. How's it different with him now as the entrenched QB1? Yeah, uh, you know, it's awesome. It's it's awesome to obviously we came in together 
um, both of us going into year four now. It's it's a lot. It's really cool just to kind of see his journey progress, and uh, you know, being his friend. You know, even before we got drafted, being the same agency, having known each other, and then get drafted here one and two. Um, it's awesome, kind of just seeing his his uh, his journey, and I'm happy for him. And you know, he's really grown as a leader of the team, and everybody's you know bought in. So it's it's awesome to see how everybody's progressed. Yeah, I think I did misspeak. I said year three now, obviously it is year four, but do you feel like you're, you know, one of the veterans in this room because this team has gone from a veteran-laden team to one that is a little bit younger now? Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, year four, you are a true vet. That's what they say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, we got a lot of young guys, but we got a lot of guys um, eager to work. We got a lot of explosiveness. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things you can look at it either way. Um, yeah, technically it's inexperienced, but you got a, a lot of guys ready to go and looking forward to their opportunity. And there's a lot of opportunity out there, and guys already have been take, making the most of it um, when their number's called. And it's great to see everybody grow and get to know each other on a personal level and um, on the field, just kind of have each other's back. Final thing for you, and I've got some meetings to get to. Some of the young wide receivers uh, being in the same offense with them. How have you seen some of the guys that were rookies last year grow into second-year players this year? Yeah, I think uh, you know that wide receiver you wide receiver room is a little younger obviously everybody knows that but I think those guys who are coming in as rookies last year you know having that year under their belt having that experience when they look in their room uh, the majority of the guys are even younger than them um, so I think it's kind of one of those things where they're forced to kind of like hey you know what like now's the time to grow up and like you know we're the leaders now and I think you know it with uh, Romeo Samari and um, Christian I think it was nice so easy for them. I think that they're just natural leaders themselves. And so it wasn't anything that was tasked upon them that they couldn't handle. And I think they've done a great job just from outside looking in. I'm not in their room, but, um, you know, all those young receivers, they looked up to them. They respect them. Um, I've seen them kind of pull each other aside and, like, help each other out. And so it's awesome. And I think, you know, I, obviously I know everybody has their question marks about that room, but I think, you know, they're a player-led room, and Coach Vrabel does a great job. Um, corralling them and making sure they're on their details but I think there's just so much talent it's a very explosive room with a lot of weapons I'll let you get to your meeting thanks so much for carving out a couple minutes for us absolutely thank you truly one of the good guys in the Packers locker room AJ Dillon about a week or so ago yesterday I had a chance to catch up with Aaron Jones AJ Dillon's I guess running mate in the offensive backfield we go from number 28 to number 33 Aaron Jones entering his seventh season in the NFL all with Green Bay this was not a one-on-one -on -one conversation but there were a number of reporters at uh, Aaron Jones's locker I happen to be one of them uh, you know, it's still the same thing, same goal, just co coming together as a team, continue to build, stack the days that uh, we've already uh, built up and, you know, just grow together, like I said. Matt LaFleur said all the installations in for the most part. What are you focused on then this week before you depart for a month and a half? As um, now, now, you know, some of the younger guys can just go out there and they can hear all the plays called, not not just focus on, hey, this is week one install, this is week two install. You got all the installs, so you can get any play called at any time. Uh, so it kind of is a test, you know, you got to make sure you stay in your playbook and stay on top of things. So, uh, and it's, it's a just, just a great way to get extra reps. What does it mean to you to be back here with the Packers again? Obviously, things could have turned out differently in the offseason. Have you decided to come back? What does it mean to you to be back? Oh, I mean, everything. This is home for me. Uh, this has always been home for me. This is my family. Uh, love love the coaching staff. Love the, peop the people upstairs. Love my teammates in this locker room. Uh, there's no place where, no, sorry, no place where I, I want to be. So uh, this is 
this is home, so I was just happy to happy and blessed to be back here. We don't get to watch practice every day during OTAs. We do here in minicamp. Is there ever a day that goes by without Romeo making a play? It seems like every time we're here, he's doing something that makes us turn our heads. No, Romeo's always making plays. I, that's that's just him. And, I, and uh, when he gets up after a play, we run back, and I'm like, every time, Romeo, every time. Because he, he does it every day, but just just got to remind him, hey, bro, every time, every time. So. Um, it's, it's, it's a sight to see, and, I, and I'm just I'm happy to see him continue to grow. He's still so soft-spoken with us, but his play speaks volumes. And then when he does the gritty on Jair, hey, you see, there's some personality. Yeah, you right? see him grow. You see him uh, coming out of his shell, shell a lot. Uh, he's talking more to people. Talking. Uh, he's always talked to me though, but you see him opening up more to people and things like that. So uh, you know, get that brotherhood and. Um, that's just come with that, sorry. That just comes with time uh, for some some people, um, but you know we're glad that he's opening up and showing himself and having fun. And I think that's just gonna uh, help his game even more. Aaron Matt also talked about how five weeks away from this place after minicamp, you can't just put your brain away from football. You gotta you know be in it. Um, how as a veteran have you gotten away for those five weeks, but then you're ready to go for training camp and you're thinking about that? Uh, it's more so getting away for a couple of days after this and then uh, kind of just stand on top of it. You don't want to lose what you've worked up, uh, what you worked up for so far. So just, you know, kind of stay, stay with it and uh, stay at a moderate rate and then, you know, just continue to stay in the playbook. So uh, when you get out here, you can play fast. There's no thinking and no second guessing yourself and just making plays. All the veterans have departed since the last year. I mean, how much do you feel any more of a responsibility just in terms of setting an example, being a leader? Or is this year any different from you and for you and that? Um, for me, is it doesn't feel any different. You know, I've always uh, been a lead by example guy, so my I feel like my actions have always spoken uh, for themselves. And now I am more vocal because uh, some of our vocal guys have gone; they're not here any, anymore. So. In that aspect, yes, maybe uh, to say say more, but uh, from the aspect of leading, I've always I feel like I've always been leading, and um, that's why my teammates voted me as a captain last year because they've seen that, they acknowledge that that I'm here every day working, um, no matter what it is, I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm um, giving them all all I can give. As one of the leaders on this team, as one of the veterans on this team, obviously the, the headline of the offseason is the quarterback change. Have you and some of the other veterans done anything or said anything to Jordan to just try to, you know, maybe give him that confidence that every quarterback, every starting quarterback needs? Uh, I mean, Jordan knows he has, has all the support around him. Uh, he's making plays. We're out there celebrating with him. Uh, I mean, but... Guys are in here telling me, hey, Jordan, we got your back. We're gonna make, we're gonna make this easy for you, as you're gonna make this easy for us, and we're all gonna feed off each other. So, uh, we know that, and we know it isn't just depend on one person. It takes all eleven. So, we're gonna go out there and play team ball. You mentioned only taking a couple of days off. Do you have any specific plans uh, for the time away? And will you get together with, say, Jordan again for more throwing, or do you have any? Oh, so that's something we're definitely uh, been in, talking about since I went out there last time, and we're still talking about. So, uh, gonna probably we want to get more people, more of the guys out there, and uh, you know, just just running ourselves, and you know, bond, create that chemistry outside of outside of here, and you know, it's it's fun. So why not do it? Why not enjoy each other uh, while we can? When uh, today was the first day we got to see Anders kick a ball because you've lined up for field goal drills in other OTAs with us there. Was it? I'm assuming it's not the first time you saw him, but what was your reaction the first time you saw the ball come off his foot? Like, man, this guy can kick. Like, what? There's some power. 
Um, and he's a big guy too. So like the first time I seen him, I'm like, you play kicker? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, you're, you're pretty big. You're you're a big kicker. But uh, no, I'm just I'm just excited to see him get out there. Yeah, he, you know, he uh, he's always in here talking to me, asking uh, asking questions. Uh, he's just excited to be here. So uh, bright eye, but he's ready. He's How ready. far do you think he can kick a field goal? I, I, I want to see him go. I, I believe he can hit 60 easy. I, if you ask me, but uh, I'm going to tell Rich to put him back there. I'm going to tell Rich to put, scoot him back and let's see. So you can ask AJ. I was going, me and him, we were talking and going back and forth. And uh, when he was hitting him, I, I was over there cheering. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm excited to see him now. And today was not the first time you saw him though? No, 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 no. Just make it wasn't. Sure. No. Thanks, AJ. Any particular goals you've set for yourself for the season? Uh, you know, just to uh, lead this team, uh, be a leader, uh, and, uh, you know, do it, do whatever it takes to bring this team a championship. You know, that's the end goal, bring the title back to, to Lambeau. You mentioned AJ. He's a new father. You give him any advice? <laughs> I told him it was going to be a lot of sleepless nights, but enjoy it. Uh, that's when the bond is created, uh, and it's the perfect time. It's the offseason, so... Uh, be there as much as you can, and he's been he's been there. he's been a great father. Uh, he's been enjoying it. We that's, we bond over that now, so we have another thing to bond over, and it's it's just fun to come in here and talk about it and see see his growth because I remember when I first had my child, and um, I was kind of like you know oh this is all new. So um, just being able to be there and kind of give him some advice for that as well. Aaron Jones media availability earlier this week. I want to wrap things up with a new QB1 because this is what the Packers season really is all about. Aaron Rodgers is gone. He's now a New York Jet. Jordan Love is the firmly entrenched QB1. From my observations, Jordan Love has been carrying himself like a starting quarterback. Jordan Love has done everything that you want him to do except start football games. The only concern that I have about the Packers this year is that they don't have a whole lot of experience in that quarterback room outside of Tom Clements, the longtime uh, quarterback guru who's uh, returned to the Packers a couple of years ago. He helped jumpstart Aaron Rodgers' career. He's hoping to do the same now for Jordan Love. There are a lot of similarities between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. There are a lot of differences, though, as well. Jordan Love seems to make all the throws. He seems to have all the physical attributes, and he seems to finally carry himself, and I, I shouldn't say finally, it almost sounds that's like that's pejorative, and I don't mean it to sound like that, but when you're behind somebody who sucks all of the air out of the room every time he walks into it, there's going to be an adjustment. There's going to be an adjustment for Packers fans. There's going to be an adjustment for Packers coaches. There's going to be an adjustment for everybody that's in that locker room. The biggest adjustment, of course, is going to be for the man himself, because he's got a Herculean task in front of him. They say it's always easier to be the guy after the guy. Well, for Jordan Love, he's the guy that's after the guy that's after the guy, but both of those guys in front of him will be, you know, in a couple of years, whenever Aaron Rodgers retires, and then five years after that, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, just like Brett Favre was a first ballot Hall of Famer. The biggest adjustment for Packers fans of a certain age, as we were talking about earlier with Wayne Larrabee earlier in the podcast is that if you're under, I don't know, 35, what is it, 35, 36, who remembers in this audience or any other Don Mikowski or before that Randy Wright or before that Lynn Dickey? And Lynn Dickey wasn't a bad quarterback. He was an immobile quarterback, but he also had a couple of great wide receivers, first in James Lofton and then 
when he was paired with John Jefferson, but there were some old, you know some other decent receivers in there as well. They just didn't have a defense or a running game to speak of. But the Packers in the 1970s pretty much had some pretty crappy quarterback play. But for the last 30 years, it's been guys wearing gold jackets. It's been guys who have had their busts already carved in Canton. And I'm never going to say until we see, you know, proof of concept that any player who hasn't started that we don't know a lot about yet can't do it. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Jordan Love cannot become a Hall of Famer because I don't know, and neither do you, neither does anybody else. I would say that just based on the odds, the first two guys or the last two guys that preceded him winding up in Canton to have two in a row is astronomical. I think it's only, I mean, if you're talking about Montana to Young, I I guess that's it. I don't think that Andrew Luck is going to be a pro football Hall of Famer, but the Colts could have gone from Manning to Luck. Um, but it almost never happens. The fact that you can, you know, count them on one hand with room to spare, you know, that shows you how rare that is. But nobody's ever done three in a row. Can't say that he can't do it. I'm just saying that the odds are certainly stacked against him. So when I say this is the first time in a generation plus that the Packers have a non- Hall of Fame quarterback under center, well, yeah. I don't think that's an unfair statement to make. But everything that I saw physically, and again, like I was talking about with Wayne, like I was talking about with Lance, like I've been preaching all week long and really throughout the entire offseason program, you're not seeing 11-on-11. You're not seeing guys in pads. You're not seeing the Packers go up against other teams. You're not seeing linebackers dive at Jordan Love's knees and try to blindside him when he's trying to uh, complete a pass to Christian Watson. But everything else that I've seen, he's got the physical attributes. It seems like the team is behind him. It seems as though he's saying and doing all of the right things. And you'll hear, you know, Jair Alexander, who picked him off in practice on Wednesday, still had a lot of love for him, as you'll hear coming up with Jordan Love. Had a chance to catch up with him in the locker room. His weekly media availability, the final media availability of the Packers offseason program. It's been good. I think it's been a lot of progress being made. Um, Obviously, we got all the installs in. Pretty much our whole playbook's in right now. So um, just getting all that in, letting the young guys kind of learn, see everything, go through it kind of twice. But it's been good. It's been a lot of progress. Jordan, after you leave here this week, what do you do between now and whenever July, whenever, when you have to be back? Yeah, um, pretty much just go back, train, um, do a little stuff here and there. But for the most part, I'll be training and uh, just working to you know keep my body right and uh, keep you know pretty much all the training I've been doing so far. Just keep it going. Will, it, will you get throw with any of the guys, or is everyone <coughs> just kind of go their separate ways? You no, know, I'll try and throw with as many guys as I can for sure. Is that something that like you organize, or just kind of guys they're in and out, whatever? No, you got you kind of got to organize it. Just let people know where you're at, um, and just kind of let people. Play off that whenever they can. Make time to get out there. Um, yeah. How different like this all season, this next thirty days look for you than the previous three years? Um, I don't think it looks different at all. Um, same thing, just training, getting back to it, staying in the book. Pretty much, like I said, just continuing the progression I've made so far. Just keep it going. 
How do you feel like your leadership has grown? QB1, man. Come on, man. Best Come QB on. in the league right What's here, up, man. Job, money? Now tell him stop trying me, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Appreciate that, job. How do you feel like your leadership as a quarterback going from the backup to now the starting quarterback has, has gone in your mind over the last several months? Yeah, I mean, it's it's gone good. I don't try and do too much about it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to take time to, you know, grow into that role. Um, but I just try to keep taking it day by day. Um, and like I said, being a voice that, you know, guys come to me, ask questions. And I'm, I'm, I'm still young as well. So, like, I ask, you know, all the vets questions all the time. Um, but I don't try and do too much, really, with that role. Josh just came over here. What's it been like just having him there this week, and how much can him and the rest of the defense kind of prepare you once training camp comes on? What's the competition like with them? Yeah, no, it's been great. Obviously, having Jaw back, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're going against, you know, you get him and Sewell back. Those are two league's top corners right there. So um, it's great for the receivers. It's great for me. It's great for everybody. Just you know, seeing the competition, you're going against the best of the best right there. So um, just having that great competition, you know. It's going to make everybody better, um, and you get, you know, you get challenged a little bit more. But uh, it, it, like I said, it just makes everybody better. Did he hear it today? Did he let you hear it today after that pitch? Yeah, he always does. You know, he he made a really good play though. He baited me into it, um, and you know, like I said, made a really good play. But uh, we would have tackled him down, and he got the ball back. Do you learn more from the throw or from him chirping in your response to that? No, you learn from the throw, the decision, um, and then you know we talk about it after. Um, kind of just got his thoughts on it, what he was seeing, um, and you know that that kind of just being able to talk to him after and get feedback, it, it's going to make me better as well. How much do weeks like this mean in, in contrast to some of the other ones? Just having everyone here in a fuller level of competition. Um, I mean, yeah, I think just getting like throughout all OTAs, we had a good amount of people here. Um, we were only missing a couple of people throughout the whole time. Um, but I think we compete as a team. Everybody competes every day, day in and day out. It doesn't matter who's here. Um, you know, make the most of that opportunity you have. Obviously, for other guys that you know might be getting more reps, it's great for them as well. But uh, yeah, like I said, man, we compete every day. So I don't think it really changes much. But having those guys here helped this week. What has the relationship been like with Danny and Sean? How have you kind of seen them grow over the past month too? Yeah, I mean, we have a. I think we have a great quarterback room. We're all we're all pretty close. You know, obviously bringing Sean in, we've all got close um, pretty quickly. But um, they've done a great job as well. Um, you know, we compete every day as a quarterback room, um, doing individual drills, things like that. And then um, obviously we're in the meeting, um, being able to watch everything and talk through it. it you know, just hearing different things um, makes us all better. Does that help too with having Danny back? As someone that there is, you know, familiar with your game and kind of like what you're needing out there and what you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Danny's great. Um, obviously, he's been around the league for a while. He's seen a lot of different things, um, and uh, you know, he obviously he's been in the system now for a year. So, uh, you know, he's familiar with the offense as well. So we we can talk, and um, it's not like he's learning the offense as we're trying to talk through stuff. So he has that kind of next level experience with it, and it's it's great. When there's obviously competition on the offensive line, but how much would it help you if at some point fairly early on that the five that are going to be there you know, are settled in and you guys get together work together for the rest of the preseason? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that would be great. Obviously, there's, you know, going into training camp, is competition at every position. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it's football, that things happen. So just being able to rotate guys in and get a different look with other guys, um, you know, you kind of need that part as well just because you never know what could happen. 
one thing to see a roster on paper, but now that you're through the offseason practices, what do you feel like you have with this team, and what are you going to do to refine that in camp over there? I mean, I think we've got a great team. I think we've got a good offense, a young offense, um, and we have a lot of you know work to keep putting in, keep building together. Um, and I think we have really good defense. Um, that once we get everybody back and healthy, we'll be really good. Um, but yeah. Is there anything that you saw in these last several weeks that's excited you the most about seeing the potential of a player or or a, a play or anything that stood out? No, I mean I think we got playmakers on offense. I think all the weapons we have at receiver and both tight end and then running back as well. Um, you know, we got guys that can make plays. They're catching the ball really well right now. And uh, I think once they, once everybody just gets rolling, gets comfortable with the offense and, um, you know, being where they need to be every play that, you know, the sky's the limit for us. Is there anything specific Tom or Matt have sort of given you, like, hey, this is what we want you to work on or, or watch back while you're gone? Yeah, I mean, we talk about things all the time. You know, right when we get here, we go over kind of a, a POA, um, points of emphasis that we kind of want to, attack throughout the off season and then we'll do it again when we break but uh yeah i mean there's a lot of different points we, we want to attack you know throwing on the run was kind of a big a big point we wanted to hit this off season and we did a lot of drills at the beginning um i think we improved at that but uh you know i'm always working on my game working on little things i see on film that you know maybe i missed a throw um maybe i moved in the pocket and my feet weren't set and just trying to find all those little things um yeah you know, fans get excited when they see a social media post of an NFL player in the offseason working out with his teammates. Well, these guys are dedicated. And it's not like you just started doing that in the last four months. You've been doing this for three years. Mm-hmm. So could you give us just a little idea when you go at it, how often you get together with a teammate to work out timing and those kinds of things? Yeah, I mean, I think this time right here that we have together is is the most important time because that's you know the actual football you're here with everybody you got coaches that can you know give their feedback on the side um and then i think everything we do outside in the off season um it's all kind of just extra stuff it's i don't think you get the same level of work that you get while you're here but uh it all you know it all pays off when you can get together and work um but yeah i don't i don't get too caught up in you know oh we got all these guys out here like it, it's great you know it's it's always great if you can get that extra work but uh i don't think that will define the season if you aside from football, can't get that. i'm sorry uh, aside from football the next couple of weeks the next six weeks specifically before camp what does jordan loves life look like you going anywhere you doing anything fun this summer yeah i'm doing a couple couple of trips um we got a we got a trip with my marketing agent we're doing a camp out in uh france so that'll be fun get a couple of the quarterbacks out there for that um my agent has like a pros week where he gets everybody that's kind of with him um, together out there in Austin so we'll do that um, but for the most part I'll be back in California. With that in mind I know you said this offseason won't change from what you've done previously but what about off the field like what does life look like adjusting to being the face of the Green Bay Packers? Yeah obviously you know there's a lot of changes you know you kind of there's a lot more opportunities that pop up and things like that but um, I try and st- you know keep the main thing the main thing um, and just try and f- you know, I let people know I'm trying to focus on ball right now. Um, obviously, there's a lot going on in my life that I just kind of want to focus on football, going in this first year being the starter, um, and just kind of locking on that. Has there been anything so far that's kind of surprised you? Like, oh, I wasn't thinking about that when I was getting ready to go to the NFL. Oof, mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one. Um, I think just kind of the position you get put in, um, you know, being an NFL player, obviously being an NFL quarterback, um, you know, you're kind of under a, a light. Everybody sees what you do. Um, 
I think that's been the biggest difference. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what else. Jordan, yesterday you had that deep ball to Christian, kind of down the sideline. I think during mm-hmm. one of the team periods there. Just wondering what the mental calculation is like that with you know a receiver like that that has this type of speed and everything. How, how has it been sort of building that rapport with him and you know being able to make some you know those type of connections? Yeah, um, I mean it just comes from getting those reps, um, being able to throw to him. This whole OTA has been great. Um, but yeah, I mean he's a he's a fast receiver, so you know obviously um, it differs from other receivers that might be out there, but. Um, I don't know, it's just, that was kind of our first time running that concept as well. So uh, it's just it's just play, you know, you kind of just put the ball out there and let him run and go get it. Um, but yeah, it, like I said, it comes from just getting those reps. Um, you know, every day we do routes versus air, do a lot of different things. We're just throwing routes and uh, getting that timing, kind of seeing what the speed is like for different receivers. And, um, and obviously you get into team and things kind of change. You might get pressed up, jammed up. Um, so the timing kind of gets thrown off. So. I think every aspect you can get from Rouse Air to team to you know when we do group install where it's just kind of on air, um, all those reps tie into you know building that chemistry, knowing where he's going to be, um, and knowing where I can put the ball. Just two days with the vets over there in defense in this mini camp, you know that's your best test so far. Um, you know you feel that there's a lot more that you wish you could have gotten uh, produced, you know, the level of. Productivity in, in these practices, or do you think you guys learned a lot in the last two practices? No, I mean I think we did um, for the circumstances of practice. You know, doing seven on seven this week and uh, not doing as many you know live team periods. Um, you know, I think we got the work in that we needed to get in. Um, you know, we like I said, we put the whole offense in. That's kind of the main part of OTAs is just the mental part, getting everybody on the same page. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all learning, OTAs, you know, putting all the offense in and then going out there and putting it together on the field and, you know, making those corrections when we go back and watch it on film and all those little things. So I think it's it's more of a learning uh, opportunity right now. Jordan, you mentioned that there's a lot going on in life right now. I'm adding it's a little different in the last few years. How different does it feel and, and how are you managing all that? Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of the external things that I can't control that might be a little bit more different now uh, being the starter. But for me, I try and keep the main thing the main thing. Um, try and not do too much in my life where I'm, you know, pulled so many different ways and um, can't relax and settle down and be able to, you know, focus on what I need to focus on. And um, like I said, I tell people all the time, I'm trying to really just focus on this year and not be doing too much. Um, outside again pulled in different directions things like that but uh yeah i mean obviously life changes a little bit when you go from being a backup to a starter um different opportunities things like that so going through that process how much does it change how different does it feel in the past few years especially around this time you know what's coming next training camp Mm -hmm. how different does it feel um yeah i mean it's i think the urgency and the you know the urgency that we need to get ready for training camp it's coming up fast um obviously this is our last practice so when we come back we'll be heading into season. So um, I think that part changes a little bit, knowing that, you know, you're the guy, knowing that, you know, obviously Aaron's not come back. Um, but for the most part, training, everything like that, it's going to be the same for me. It's a little more fun than it's been in the past, though? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a little bit more fun. <laughs> I mean, OTAs, I was doing most of this anyways um, in the past. Uh, but no, it's, I'm enjoying this. It's definitely a little bit more fun. So, Can you speak to the versatility that the offense has, running back, receiver, tight end? You have a lot of guys who be moving around and do different things. How that stresses the defense? Yeah, it does. I mean, we have, a, like I said, we have running backs that can catch the ball in the backfield, run routes, things like that. Um, you know, we added a couple of really fast tight ends. So, uh, just being able to stretch the field with them. And then obviously we have some really fast receivers too. Um, so it just, 
like you said, it stresses defense, makes them you know focus on everybody. Um, and at the same time, I, I don't think we have that one player that right now is like, oh, this is who we have to go to the ball or throw the ball to on maybe third down or things like that. So, you know, defense might really not know who to focus on on third downs, things like that. Um, so I think that all ties in and will help us out. Chris Barnes signs with the Cardinals, but was it tough to see him go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really tough. That's my guy. You know, we grew up together. Um, some of my best friends growing up. So it's tough to see him go, but at the same time, it's another opportunity for him. Um, so I'm happy for him in that aspect, but I would have loved to see him here again. And you get somebody in Phoenix to hang out with, so if you're ever in Phoenix. Yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah, exactly. You, you mentioned the tight ends a minute ago, Jordan. Um, what's your early impressions of Luke? And with a guy who's obviously very talented and skilled, um, you have to kind of force him the ball at times, like in these kind of sessions, just to kind of see what he's capable of doing. Sure. Um, yeah, no. First impression of Luke. I mean, he's a, he's going to be a great player. He's a very he's a lot faster than I think anybody thought um, on tape and things like that. Just watching him, um, and he's he's picking up the offense really fast. He's getting a lot of reps right now, which is great for him. Um, he's making the most of it, and he's you know learning every day and not making the same mistake twice, which is awesome. Um, and then he's he's catching the ball really well right now. He's making plays, um, but I don't think you, you know, that's one thing I, I try not ever force or predetermine who I want to go with the ball with. Um, kind of just let plays play out and read it out. Um, but he he's been getting a lot of opportunities for sure throughout all OTAs. It's good for him. With uh, with Chris not here, not that you can't just pick up the phone and call him. Yeah, I mean, I still have a lot of the guys that I, I came in with our class. We're pretty we're pretty close, um, and uh, but I also have my family. I have my girlfriend out here, um, so that's kind of always been my support system. Um, but I still have my friends that even though they're not here, you know, we still contact each other and reach out and just make sure everybody's doing okay and check on mental health and things like that. Um, but. You know, it's still great. Me and Chris still keep in contact. He knows what's going on. Like he's been around here. He knows exactly what's going on. So uh, we're gonna talk to him. Packers quarterback Jordan Love. A few minutes with him in the Packers locker room. All right, that's pretty much it for Packers content for the next five and a half weeks or so, because the team is on vacation and. It's a well-earned vacation, but training camp will be here before you know it. It opens up on July 25th. Of course, we'll be there, and we'll have coverage for you on 97.3 The Game, your Packers flagship station, as well as right here on the Doug Russell Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.